Welcome to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I am excited. Once again, I have the best guest. So I'm so excited to have Troy Pollock with us. Troy is the VP of Community at PushPay, and uh, I'm guessing you've heard of PushPay, but they're a software company based in Redmond, Washington, and uh, Troy was one of the first U.S. employees. He was the first U.S. employee at PushPay and really helped shape the company to be one of the fastest growing SaaS companies today. Now, I'm not a technology person, so I had to figure out what SaaS was but it's software as a service, which I had of course heard of and Troy's already smiling and nodding at me because he knows I'm not a tech girl. But, um, but one of the fastest growing uh, software as a service companies today. And he was a huge part of the development, strategic planning and hyper growth that surrounds the success of PushPay internationally. So you're gonna really enjoy this conversation because Troy, uh, he also was a pioneer to Healthy Church in Southern California. So for our church leader friends, Troy has been in your shoes. He was an executive for six years as a part of a church there. And then uh, as a part of a fast-growing software company. So our our, uh, business leaders, you guys are going to enjoy hearing some of the things Troy has navigated as a leader uh, in in a fast-growing company. And so, Troy, welcome. We're so excited you're here today. Thank you, Jenny. It's an honor to join you and uh, talk to your audience today. I'm a big fan of your work and your podcast, so it's an honor to be on it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more. Give us a little more of the history. Of course, I give the bio, right? But like, tell us a little bit more about who Troy is. Yeah, so um, I'm an 80s kid. I was born in Southern California, Laguna Beach, in fact, in Orange County. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so the beautiful sand and water and ocean and and sunshine. But um, been involved in church my entire life, um, studied communication and sociology at San Diego State University. And you know, Jenny, I always had a desire to just help people. Ever since I was a little kid, I can remember um, if there was somebody with uh, a deformity or an issue or perhaps walking down the road and there was you know, maybe somebody on the side of the road asking for, for money or food, that just always broke my heart. Wow. Uh, I would actually cry and I didn't really know what to do with it as a young child. I would talk to mom sure. and dad and be like, ah, I can't handle this. Um, but needless to say, I just always wanted to help people. So uh, post-college, I actually started with the fire department in Southern California mm-hmm. and was on a good run then. And in 2008, uh, there was a thing called budget cuts for the global financial crisis. So right. uh, because I was newer to the team, I, um, I was laid off and that took a big hit. Um, you have a job one day and you don't have the mm-hmm. job the next day. So I kind of tried to find myself a little bit and uh, ended up getting involved with a church plant. My brother was the senior pastor and mm-hmm. I ran the business operations. And we started that with about seven people in a little community center. And that thing grew and uh, we were doing some great things, and that's really what led me to push pay. I had an opportunity to join this at the ground floor as well, too. But uh, ever since uh, I can remember, I always wanted to help people, and I always knew that I wanted to be at the intersection of marketplace and ministry. And so that's what we're doing here at Push Pay. Um, it's challenging. It's a thrill a minute, and learned <laughs> a lot in the process. That's so great. That was going to be one of my questions for you, too, was like that, that, uh, how'd you get from a ministry role to, you know, a a software company, you know, and, and so that's super fascinating to me. 
Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question, and we know in ministry and in business how important relationships are, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes our degrees or letters after our last name don't really mean a lot when we're in the real world. And I was on staff at a church, and we were thriving and, and doing some fantastic things. And a mutual friend um, gave me a call one day, and he, his name is Paul DeYoung, and he pastors Life Church in New Zealand. And he had okay. spoke at a church, and he called and said, hey, Troy, I got a kid uh, in my church that's developing this mobile giving application. Mm. Would you be so kind to sit down and have a conversation with him? Wow. Now, Jen, Jenny, this is 2011, 2012, sure. where mo- mobile phones and smartphones were not attached to our hip. We didn't live our right. lives from our mobile phones. So I didn't want to do the meeting, if I can be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but because he had called and asked me to do it, I took the meeting. And that's really what changed the course. It was in that meeting that I met uh, PushPace co-founder, Elliot Crowther. And we just began to dream and talk about what what could be? What if we had a mobile giving application to make, make giving? And our line back then was make giving as easy as buying a song on iTunes. That tells you how right. old we were. How I dated love it. Yeah. Um, but that's what we did. And that's what we wanted to do. And our first numeric goal was uh, $1 billion of brand new giving. That was our goal. Wow. Is to partner with churches in America and all over the world and facilitate $1 billion of brand new giving. And that's what we set out to do. And it's been an incredible journey ever since then. So that's really how I joined the PushPay team. It was just a phone call from a pastor friend. And one thing led to another. Yeah, unbelievable. Give us a little bit of that perspective. So you had that goal of, you know, kind of start with that goal of $1 billion in giving. And uh, so now fill in the gaps for us from then till now. Just give us some of the high points of push, push pay story. I want people to hear, to kind of get in their mind's eye what that growth trajectory has looked like. Happy to. Okay, so let me just kind of uh, conceptualize billion dollars for you and your audience for just a second. Now, you might have heard this before, but let's conceptualize it in terms of seconds because I don't know about you, Jenny, but anything kind of over a million, my wheels spin out. Yes. And I can't really understand that. I hear they're a billionaire or they're multi-billionaires and you're just kind of like, okay, they're rich. What is, whatever that means. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Beyond a certain point, I'm like, it's all the same, right? But it's yeah. not. Yeah. So let's conceptualize it and, and transfer billions and millions into seconds. So one million seconds ago is about 11 or 12 days. Okay. okay. 11, 12 days ago, one million seconds. Okay. One billion seconds ago is about 32 years. Wow. So that tells you kind of the difference or the delta in terms of million and billion. So the reason I say that is because that kind of helps us understand, okay, what does a billion dollars actually mean? It's significantly more. It's a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. So we set out with this numeric goal and this was about six and a half years ago. And uh, our first church that we ever partnered with in America is Eastlake Church in San Diego, California. They're about seven locations. Yep, and, I know them well. Yeah. yeah, very well. They're doing fantastic things back then. And we partnered with them in, um, gosh, it must have been April of 2013 is when we first okay. partnered with them. And Jenny, the really interesting thing that happened was they called us about six or eight months after partnership and they said, hey guys, we have some interesting data. We want to kind of get on your radar. And we said, yeah, we'd be happy to get the data, right? So what they let us know, Jenny, was they saw at that point about a half a million dollars of brand new giving. Wow. Let me explain this. It's not replacement giving. It wasn't people that were giving cash 
or check and now they're using this technology to give. It was totally new givers. Jenny, it was brand new givers. Wow. So is that millennials? Is that people who maybe didn't carry cash, didn't carry checks, right. and now they're generous by nature. They're part of a church. They want to sow some seed, but they didn't have the tool to do mm-hmm. it. So really, that is when we kind of said, we're on to something. This is no longer just um, a dream that we have and a vision that we have. This is now tangible. Churches are seeing increase because there's now a tool to engage with people where they live. People live on their phone. That's the rhythm of their life. They're engaging in Facebook and Instagram and Uber uh, Monday through Saturday, but then they come to church on a Sunday, Jenny, and it is like, oh, I don't have cash. I don't have right. checks. I can't participate. Yeah. So, so really, that's kind of when we would go, we're on to something. So fast forward to 2014, that's when we hit that billion dollars. Wow. And this so, is, in, is, so this is three years from when you started? This is less than three years, less Jenny. Than this three is, years. This is about two years where we achieved our goal from when we first started. So uh, oh it was a little bit, a little bit too small. And, and by God's grace, we've been growing at such a rapid pace ever since then. So to fill in some of the gaps, our first customer was East Lake Church in San Diego, California. We engaged in partnership with them in 2013. Here we are at the time of this recording in 2019. We're partnered with about 7,500 churches. And we're processing about five, six billion dollars per year at this time. And the cool thing outside of all that, Jenny, is what our partners and customers are doing with this increase in generosity. You know, sure. oftentimes they're the first one to a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in recent fires in Southern California, we we had church partners that were raising funds very quickly by pushing a notification out via the app and raising funds. We have a partner in in the New York area who is, you know, supporting 10,000 orphans on an annual basis. It's what they're able to do. It's the staff that they're able to hire. Now it's the additional campuses that they're able to launch. Yeah. So it's not so much about the billions. It's about what this increase in generosity is going to do and the great work in the community. So yeah, uh, there's a lot that's happened between East Lake and 7,500 customers, right? And uh, All the billions of dollars and, um, you know, a lot of uh, lessons learned and stuff, but it's just been an incredible journey to be a part of that. Oh, it's so good. Well, and I love even, I can hear it in you, right? You said that some of your, you know, the passion from when you were a little kid was to just help people, right? And so even as you're talking about the numbers, you can't help yourself, which tells me so much about like that core purpose is still really like, it, it's, it's in you of like, you know what? Yes, it's a company. There's all kinds of dynamics of leading and running a, a fast-growing company. There are billions of dollars that you guys are managing, and yet you haven't lost sight of that that sense of purpose behind it and what it's enabling you to do. That is really core to your personal mission. Core to I'm sure Push Pay's mission too. So I just I, I just want to applaud that. Thank you for that because I think a lot of times in the pursuit of the bigger goal, sometimes we can lose, kind of lose our sense of purpose. And uh, so I hear that come out of you. I don't know if that's been a, if that journey has had its ups and downs, but it's pretty. Absolutely. Got to stay focused on that why, Mm -hmm. that North Star, because uh, you don't grow, go through that kind of growth uh, without casualties along the way. Uh, Certainly don't stay, or you, you just live on that extra mile going above and beyond. I can remember seasons in the early days here, Jenny, where um, 
6 a.m. start to an 8 p.m. finish was yeah. pretty much the norm. Daily, yeah. And, and Yeah, and daily and seven days a week because we're in an interesting position because though we are in the marketplace, we're corporate America, we work Monday through Friday. Right. Our, our customers are working on Saturdays and Sundays. Yes. And when you're processing contributions and giving funds and all sorts of stuff, you got to be quote unquote open for right. business on Saturday and Sunday. And that's one of the things that, you know, positioned us well was to understand the needs of the customer on weekends. Because mm-hmm. if you have a guest speaker coming in town and you wanted to do a, a, um, a special offering for him or her, mm-hmm. uh, but their name wasn't on the giving fund, it's a fail. So we had to have right. a team uh, focused on working Saturdays and Sundays, but all that to say, always have to come back to the why when you're driving into the office that morning or driving home late and, you know, family time suffers and all sorts of stuff like that. You just always got to come back to the why and think about, Hey, what am I doing here? And is it having a impact much beyond me? Yeah. Yeah. So good. And one of the, one of the things you and I talked about even prior to the call was, you know, just some of those challenges you face both personally and professionally as you've chased growth, you know, are there, are there a a couple more examples or a few things that stick out to you that, you know, you just kind of learned and had to navigate in your personal life and in your professional life to sustain such fast growth? Yeah, (laughs) lots of stuff. I think that uh, sometimes we learn things by uh, failure. That's where I've learned my greatest lessons in life. Unfortunately, I feel like that's just the way of it, right? Like I always am thinking like, how can we help us avoid this? And sometimes we just got to go through it, but sorry, I, I cut you off on that. No, that's great. Yeah. You just got to go through it. I remember there was one season, Jenny, um, and it was in 2016. And the particular department that I was overseeing was all of our post-sale organizations. Um, and we went in, in one season from about 25 staff, close to 80 staff. And that mm-hmm. season was only about six months, Jenny. Wow. Now that is crazy. Yeah, that's insanity. 25 that- to 80 staff in six months. In six months. I just had to like restate that for everybody. It's like start to wrap your head around that, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. And what I learned, the biggest lesson that I learned in that, and we can talk about the tactics, but I kind of want to just go principle for all of our listeners out there is as an individual going through growth, you have to make sure that you are full, that your soul is full, that your spirit is full because you can't lead anyone. You can't even lead yourself on an empty tank. Now, you or I would not go out to our vehicle tomorrow morning that's out of gas and expect it to start. Right. We're not foolish. We don't think that way. But sometimes, Mm -hmm. oftentimes, we as humans, we kind of think that we can lead at a high capacity, lead others well, but we are on an empty tank on the inside. So true. And so what I practically did was I had to change my whole evening routine. (laughs) And this might sound silly to you and the listeners out there, but I said, hey, for me to make it through this season, Uh continue to add value, I need to make sure that Troy is strong. So like I said, we would work till seven, eight o'clock at night. I would come home, I would get myself some food, I would get in the shower, I would come out of the shower, and I would just begin to listen to worship music Mm -hmm. and listen to sermons. And I'd be in bed by 9, 9.30. And I did that for a period of time that was just the only thing that I could do to make sure that I was out of place of strength that next morning. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like this is the right path for everybody, but the principle in this is find levers that you can pull 
that make you feel whole? What, what can we do holistically? How are we getting that spiritual food? Is it going out and just reading a book? Is it being alone? Is it watching water? Is it listening to sermons? Is it listening to worship music? Whatever that is, find that place because then you can come in and you can then lead yourself and you can lead people because you have gas in the tank. So that was one of the practical things that I did that really extended my runway here. Um, Outside of that, understanding, hey, when you're growing from 25 to 80, what are you looking for in people? Yeah. You know, Lencioni talks a lot about hungry, humble, and smart, Mm -hmm. finding the right people. I'm a big fan of the Enneagram. I'm a big fan of Myers-Briggs. I'm a big fan of strength finders. I'm a big fan of finding the right profile that we're looking for in that particular seat and then filling that. Some of the greatest sports programs and universities in the world, whether it be the San Antonio Spurs or the uh, New England Patriots or even Alabama football, they have a person that they're looking for. They have a profile. Yeah. They want people that have a certain pedigree and they just cycle them out. It doesn't matter if that individual leaves, they replace them with the same profile of that person. And so that's really what helps teams be successful is you understand what are you looking for in that person? Uh, one, one example is our support team. Um, our support team, Jenny, 85 to 90% of our support team were number twos on the Enneagram, which is the helper. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yes. Like, help- you're like, duh, but yes. Yeah. They're helping end users. They're helping church staff solve problems, right? They're support mm-hmm. tickets. They're yeah. on the phone. They're the ones working directly with people on the front lines, of course you need somebody that's a helper who finds joy and gratification in that. So serving others. Yeah. In serving others. So finding the right profile of what you're looking for in that particular role just makes it so much easier, but it takes a lot of time on the front side to identify what you're looking for. Yeah. Cause that's attention, right? I'm sure that you guys went from 25 to 80 staff in six months that like the the discipline to be committed to the profile probably was incredibly hard because some days you just felt like you needed warm bodies to keep the thing moving, right? Absolutely. Can you walk and chew gum at the same time? Okay, come here and work for us. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But, but then you know, wow, a bad hire requires so much more time. I got to offboard them, the yeah. expense and the cost associated with getting this person in and then getting them out is just so much. So what we really learned is identifying that profile. Yeah. And then once you identify that pro- profile, hire slow and fire fast, fast. hire mm-hmm. slow, make sure it's the right person. Are they company focused over self-focused? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So good. Well, and, and I do, do, was that something that you feel like you intuitively kind of knew and understood and put those principles into place pretty early at push pay uh, or, you know, was there kind of a team of you guys that realized, oh, a couple bad hires and we need to, we need to, what did that look like for y'all? Uh, a little bit of both. So sure. as, as we mentioned, the lessons oftentimes that we learn in life are by failures and messing up, right? Right. So we t- touched the hot stove and then we learned that's hot. Let's not touch it again. So we did. Unfortunately, um, in the early days, uh, we made some unfortunate hires because there was such an urgency to fill that role. So you for begin sure. to- compromise on what you're looking for to get, um, and I hope it's okay to say this, to get a butt in seat right, or a bottom in seat. I think we're good. <laughs> you compromise what you're looking for because you need to fill that role. Yeah. Um, and so over time we learned, Hey, hire slow, make sure you find the right person. Yeah. Identify that profile. What is your culture? Yeah. Once you get that established and it becomes strong, 
yeah. then it makes things a little bit easier. Not to say it's easy, yeah. but you, yes, you understand this is what we're looking for in this particular role. This is who we are. This is what we're trying to do. This is our culture. This is what we expect. Yes. And then during the, um, the vetting process, you know, we did things. I did a thing called Culture Day, Jenny. What Culture Day really was, was after three or four phone interviews, we invited the candidate into our office here and we had them in here for about a half day. And they got a packet from me that kind of outlined the day that they're, um, the day ahead of them. There were practical exercises associated with it. Jenny, they would meet with kind of um, four or five different people on the team. So we have uh, a wide feedback loop because I believe yeah. that uh, collective wisdom is significantly greater than independent wisdom. Mm. And so if, if I want to hire this person, but the four other people around me do not have a feel, good feeling about it, I got to go with that. So that's why we had different communicators and different leaders in our team meet with this particular person. So we'd get that wide perspective. But basically, we invited them in. We put them through practical exercises. We identify what we were looking for. We talked through our core values. This is what we expect here. And then began to just go through the process. And uh, there was an actual a written assignment at the end of it, Jenny, where they actually had to write um, a one-pager, uh -huh. 600 works max, and tell us why they were the right person for the job and answer some questions. As simple as that sounds, Jenny, a oh. lot of people failed that so how could i or we entrust them to serve our customers if they can't even Wait. follow an assignment man so there I were a bunch of things in this there was a bunch of things in this process um, that were different buckets to prove is this the right person or the wrong mm -hmm. person for what we were trying to do gosh oh so i didn't even know this like you know before our our conversation today about the culture day thing so i'm like like everybody who's listening and knows this about me knows that I like geek out on this stuff. So we could probably spend the rest of our time on this because it's so good. And I hope those of you who are listening are paying attention to this, the intentionality and the, the work on the front end to find the right fit organizationally is, is so critical to sustained and healthy growth, right? And especially in your context where growth is happening fast, there was a, there's a discipline in you guys as an organization and as leaders to be patient with the process because you knew the results on the other side of that are so exponentially better. Fair to say? 100% uh, fair. Jenny, I believe and we believe that people are the greatest asset in any organization. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if you hire the right people, they're going to build the right product in our industry. Yeah. yeah. In the, yeah. in the faith space, in the church, they're going to put together the right service and have the right experience. They're going to also build the right systems and processes, but it always comes back to people over everything. Yeah. Once you have the right people, everything else from there is going to come into place, but you have to start with the right people. And so for us, we understood that. Now there's a different profile in the sales department and the marketing department and sure. the software engineers, but yeah. understand what are you looking for in that particular role? And yeah. then just go out and hire slow, make sure it's the right person. Because the most expensive mistake that we can make as leaders and organizations is hiring the wrong person. Yeah, so good. And you mentioned, you, you, re you just referenced core values. That's part of, part of the culture for you guys. Like you've kind of defined what are these things that are core, the core values by which all of our employees um, align, I'm assuming. And then, and then by department, there's more specialty of the role and what you need from them. Even knowing like on your customer service team, you need more of that Enneagram 2 helper. 
but that in another department would not be a good fit. You know, so, so many, so many little nuances there. I absolutely love that. So good. Um, let me shift with uh, uh, the conversation a little bit. Uh, and I want to go back to just something kind of I observe in you is that you're very much an entrepreneur. You very much have that spirit, that starter, like builder, visionary in you and uh, are pretty quick to be aware of what's shifting in culture. So I'm wondering, what do you see on the horizon that leaders need to be paying attention to? And, you know, listening today is church leaders, business leaders, solopreneurs, you know, people in kind of different leadership roles and functions. But what do you see that we need to be paying attention to? Great question, Jenny. And you're absolutely right. Uh, That's who I am. I have that pioneer spirit Mm -hmm. about me. I like to trailblaze. I like to start things from the very beginning uh, to see a vision out there that's kind of far off, but work with a group of people to execute upon that vision. Once it gets into operational and manager mode, I usually check out <laughs> and I want to go start, I want to go start something new. So you're absolutely right in that. Um, look, what, what I see right now, and this is to all the leaders out there, and this is to anybody aspiring to be a leader. What I see in the future and in the horizon is, Jenny, um, leadership content is a dime a dozen. Yeah. You and I can navigate that for one click of the mouse. Uh, we can get some of the best content in the entire world yeah. from, uh, from YouTube or wherever it may be. So I think that we as leaders, what can we offer people in our organization that that can't offer? Yeah. And I'm going to use a couple buzzwords, but just work with me for a second here. How do we show people that we absolutely care about them, that we're uh, mm. authentic, that we develop in them? Because I can listen to a leadership content uh, podcast or YouTube video or whatever it may be, but it's a one-way megaphone into that person. That individual they're listening to isn't coming alongside them on a daily basis and helping them grow and develop in their leadership skills. And so we as leaders, what can differentiate us from that? Because we're not going, technology is not going away. Right. It's only going to get there. All this leadership content, somebody's going to aggregate it and figure out the whole answer to the problem. But what can we do as leaders and organizations is we can see our people and we can come alongside them and we can help them and we can help them get to where they want to get to. And for the church leaders out there, what I see in the church space, and I think that this is a conversation that everybody's kind of having right now, and that is how does the church stay relevant? How does the church embrace this technology in a new way, but yet still draw crowds on weekends? And I don't have the answer to that, but I think it's a similar Uh, philosophy to what I just said about leadership. And that is, look, if they can download the best worship in the entire world, whether it be Hillsong or Elevation or Bethel at the click of a mouse and watch that, or the best preaching out there from Cray, Crochelle, or Stephen Furtick, whoever it may be, Mm -hmm. how do we as a church maintain relevancy and continue to draw people in our doors? We got to have something that those things do not have. Mm -hmm. What is that? Is that authenticity? Is that seeing them? And is that recognizing them? Is that Mm -hmm. seeing what stage of life they're in? Is that personalized uh, e-blast and emails? That to me is where we're going in the future. We cannot fight technology, leadership content. The best in the world is there. And this has been the way it's been since the very beginning, Jenny. I mean, um, Jethro helped Moses back in the Old Testament scale and put things in place. We look all through the Old Testament, great leaders. Jesus, in my opinion, the best leader of all time. Leadership is not going away. It's just the method by which we lead. And I think in this digital age with technology and social everywhere, 
uh, people are really looking for authenticity. And us as leaders, the more servant leadership we can offer and come alongside people and help them get to where they want to get to in life and yeah. nurture them and care about them. The old adage, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care could yes. not be more true today and what I see in the future. So um, that's kind of what I see. That's what I see happening is, is us as leaders. We just really need to care about the people that are working mm -hmm. with us and for us. Oh. And that's going to go a long way because they cannot get that anywhere else. You really can't. Yeah. And, and, and there, uh, you know, and a lot of things would tell us they're longing for it all the more, right? People long to be seen, known beyond just what's on, you know, through the screen. Right. So yeah, I love that. And then, and then just a practical thing, Jenny, sorry to cut you off. Just a practical thing I would say is um, whether it's in, in companies and organizations or whether it's in the church, you know, one practical thing that we've always done here at PushPay is in every meeting, we have an open chair. Oh. And that open chair represents the customer. Mm -hmm. So as we're strategizing in meetings, as we're talking about new systems and processes and how to scale and how to grow or in the church space, hey, how do we tweak our service, whatever have that empty chair and that represents the customer or the church attendee. Right. And make right. sure that we hear their voice and make sure in all of our getting, all of our scaling, all of our doing, mm -hmm. we do not forget the customer or the attendee because yeah. at the end of the day, that's why us as organizations exist, right? For sure. Is for the end customer or for the end attendee. Yeah. Love it. So good, Troy. This was awesome. And I'm sure, I mean, I, now I have about 10, 20 more questions that I could like throw at you. Um, uh, one last, uh, one last little, one of my lightning round questions for you. What's a favorite tool to keep you focused and organized, especially uh, the pace you're running these days? What's, what's some of your best ways to stay organized? Jenny, it's my calendar. I live and die by my calendar. My wife and I sh have a shared calendar. Yep. We put everything on there. I document uh, my 5.30 a.m. prayer <laughs> on yep. my calendar all the way through the entire day into kind of dinner and post-dinner. Uh, post so everything is documented on the calendar. I live by that. If it's not on the calendar, it's it didn't happening. exist. It's not <laughs> happening. Um, and so that really helps me stay focused, helps us stay on course and yeah. make sure that we're doing the right things. And then yeah. just review that, review that calendar and say, Hey, are we putting too much time into this? Are we not putting enough time into this? You're right. Um, but yeah. the calendar. Yep. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I function much similarly in that everything, everything makes it onto the calendar or it doesn't make it in my life. Right. You know, it's like everything is there. And I like, you just kind of, you just kind of threw this out and we didn't even get into this side, but um, that you and your wife have a shared calendar, you know, and I think that's one of the awesome things about technology is, you know, my husband and I do the shared calendar thing too. And so we just know what's going on in each other's world. And so there's an accountability piece in that that's awesome. And then there's just the practical, like, you know, here, yep, okay, she's doing that, he's doing that, there's, here's, you know, here's where we're coming and going and making life work. So I love Absolutely. that, super practical. But Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. All right, what is the best way for people to stay connected with you? Uh, for me personally, my handle on Twitter and Instagram is Troy Arden. Troy, A-R-D-E-N, Arden is my middle name. But, um, That's a great middle name. Thank you, isn't it cool? It's yeah, not bad. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Troy Arden. Um, yeah, but then also um, just use this opportunity to uh, invite all of your listeners to our annual conference that we have. Yes. Jenny, you're speaking at. I am speaking at. I'm so excited. We can't be more pumped to hear from you, but um, it's going to be in Dallas, Texas, May 22nd and 23rd. And any Google, just type in Push Pay Summit. 
push pay summit and it'll draw you to that registration. We would love to, to meet all of your audience there or any of your audience. I know that you're going to come with yeah. a powerful talk. We got some other great communicators there. Um, the but invite everybody to awesome. The lineup is awesome. I, I will. Yeah. And I'm just uh, excited to be in the company. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on the front row learning. It's going to be good. And you deserve it, Jenny. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, I'm a big fan of your work and uh, thank you for doing what you do. And it was an honor to be on your podcast today and hopefully it helped your listeners. Awesome. Thanks so much, Troy. We will put uh, links in the show notes so you guys can check out the Push Pay Summit uh, and just follow along with Troy and all the work that Push Pay is doing. They are amazing. So Troy, thanks again for being here and uh, hopefully we'll have you back. We're going we're gonna to continue some of these conversations another time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.